You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome to The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning. I'm Herb Hamm. The beginning of a new year can be a great time to get priorities in order. A priority families often overlook is making sure they have a good estate plan in place. It can be so helpful in safeguarding a family's financial security and peace of mind. To learn more about the why of estate planning, here is Trust and Estate Planning Specialist Sherry McMillan. Tax laws and legislations are complex, and our family dynamics are complex. Adding to that, we also have assets in all kinds of jurisdictions. So you add all of these factors together, and you try and sit down and think about how would I design my estate for my lifetime, and how would I transfer it well, and it becomes very complex. And so what we advise families to consider is the fact that although it has become complex, Please know that there are solutions out there. So some of the areas of complexity that have arisen in modern society, of course, is that we own assets all over the world today. Many of our families own assets, not just in the province that they live in Canada, but they sometimes have cottages throughout Canada, if not into the United States, for example. It's also become common that families have assets internationally today as well. Businesses are growing and expanding and via internet, for example, People can own interests and businesses abroad very easily. And so what happens is, how do you put together an estate plan? Typically, an estate plan in law would be put together where the assets are. So if you own assets, for example, in California, you would think you'd need an estate plan in California. But you can, thankfully, coordinate and put an estate plan together in your primary jurisdiction that you live in. But you have to bear in mind the rules in all of these other jurisdictions that it might apply to you. Now, not only is it complex because our assets are in various jurisdictions, our children are in various jurisdictions today. Many of our children, if being successful, have lived abroad, taken out dual citizenships, taken out green cards. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are going on with our children today. And that complexity adds another layer or a tier of sophistication in our estate. So, you know, if my child lives in the United States, it's not as straightforward as you would think to transfer your wealth to them because you're now contending with the IRS's thoughts on what they think you're child is entitled to. So you're looking at such a multifaceted area of complexities that it is very difficult for people to wrap their mind around how do you bring it all together. So you have the complex issue of the varying assets, the geography, and then of course the family dynamics as the family structures have changed so dramatically. How true, Herb. I mean, the divorce rates across Canada, I think, are as high as, unfortunately, 55% today in modern society. So that means more than half of us have experienced a divorce in our family unit. And obviously, when we have experienced a divorce in a family unit, one of the primary thoughts in an estate is that we want our estate to remain with the traditional family, the family that it originated with, who created it in the first place. And so one of the complexities in law is that a lot of the legal legislations, province by province and country by country, recognizes new spouses, common law relationships. So there's all these complexities about how 
do I keep this wealth I've created within the chosen family members, my bloodline? Now, thankfully, there are techniques in order to do that, but without putting them in place, your estate could be lost, unfortunately, to a situation that you weren't hoping for. We call it your estate going out the door to the exes. And, you know, obviously nobody wants that to occur. So you have to be aware that these changes are occurring. The other thing is we have in modern society what we call blended families. And so, you know, we have lots of families that have been married over the years and then lost a spouse to a death or a divorce and then entered a second marriage or a third marriage that also has another group of children. And so now all of a sudden you have the complexity of two families coming together and how would you divide an estate in that case? So again, it is not as straightforward as it once was in the backcountry out here in Canada in the West where we had $5 and a cowboy hat and we could just draft up a will and transfer our wealth. It's much more sophisticated. And the points you're making seem to underscore that in many situations a will is not enough. You're absolutely right. I think it's, as you've made mention, Herb, in a conversation with me historically, you said, well, it's a foundation, and I agree with you entirely. It is a foundation to somebody's estate plan. You must have one. However, it doesn't go far enough when you have these types of complexities in your life. So if you're trying to address your second spouse and make sure they're cared for if you pass, or make sure that the wealth does come back to your original children, your bloodline children, and not to your second spouse's children, then a will will not provide you those kinds of protections. And so most of us have outgrown a will. And there's a couple of areas, in my view, that I always share with families is if your estate is comprised of more than a million dollars of wealth, then I think you've outgrown a will without realizing it. You've just simply outgrown it and you need a more sophisticated outline to give you the protection that you're going to need. A better design. That's right. And I think the great part about looking at it in a proactive light is there's a peace of mind that's created that you have things in order and you've taken care of the most precious thing, which is not your asset base. It's your loved ones. You've taken care of your loved ones by putting this design in place. And most of our families at Complete Estate Planning say that. I didn't realize this is truly just a gift to my family, but it is because what you've done is you've made it so that ultimately the responsibility where it should be, which is with you who created it, should govern and steward how it's transposed and it should be done in an effective and efficient and easy manner so you don't create conflict in your family. And by doing it in proactive stances, you can accomplish that. So truly the gift is a kindness to your family because you keep them harmonious. And of course, keeping them harmonious often relates to parents understanding the difference between fair and equal. Well, they're not the same, Herb, fair and equal. And generally, when we're working with families, we spend a great deal of time here. The reason being is most of us, when we have had family dynamics through the years, have treated our children in principle equally. We do try to in society. But what happens is often it becomes disequal based on fairness. So, you know, let's say I have a child that's been ill for a window of time. I may have supported them, helped them with their down payment on their home. I may have done all kinds of things to benefit the child that was in need. Well, is that fair? Is that equal? They're not the same thing. And so by definition, when we're looking at designing our estates for our loved ones, we'll typically want to have a fair approach 
not necessarily an equal approach. Now, sometimes it does end up that equal is fair, but sometimes fair is not equal. And so we want families to have the liberty to have these kinds of discussions because if they think that the children won't have these discussions, they are wrong. The first thing that will happen when we are gone is the children will have their own interpretation of fair and equal as well. And so we see that very often, you know, perhaps we've had a a daughter that cared for the elder parents on a basis of time, money, energy, and her siblings didn't participate at the same level. Should she share in the exact same amount in the estate with her siblings? Well, that's a debate, isn't it? And so we don't want the debate to be occurring amongst the children, but rather with mom and dad who have the authority over the estate to come to the determination of what fair means and what equal means, and then try and design their estate in that manner. And there's always a solution once we get creative with it, but it takes a bit of dialogue, communication, and, and you know, sometimes listening. Many times we even have the parents chat with their children a little bit and get feedback because that also can contribute to the fundamental decision that they make at the end of the day. Do you find this is uh, one of the cores to your approach, this dialogue, having people really literally being on the same page? We don't want people's expectations to not be met if possible. And so frequently when we've had families designing their estate plans, the communication is equally as important as any tax or legal work that they'll be doing. So for example, we had a wonderful family business that we worked with some time back and this family business owner had assumed that the business should go to his daughter because she was working in it as a secretary. But when we discussed with the son that the family business might go to the daughter and how did he feel about that, he said, well, the family business should go to me because I'm the son and it's our family name. It's a legacy. So the father was unaware that his son felt that way. And imagine if he'd planned his estate where the business went to his daughter. Who didn't want the responsibility of the business. And so good communication in this case was a key to things working out for the daughter for the son and for the parents. And so I think families need to know that estate planning certainly is about tax. It certainly is about law, but it's much more than that today. It's about what are the expectations of the beneficiaries and can we meet them if we're proactive about discussing them in advance. And you said something interesting before that once you understand the expectations, there are always solutions and options. That's right. It's when we are blindsided or we can't change the plan after a passing that you end up with conflict. So, you know, they were vocal, these children, about what their expectation was and what their hope was. And we could meet that because it was reasonable and we found a fair solution that worked for everybody. Macmillan Estate Planning for Families. When we come back after this short break, more estate planning insights with Sherry McMillan, including the meaning of stewardship as it relates to estate planning. This is The Strong Room. 